You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So we used to be news anchors at competing television stations. But no matter where we live, we'll always be the best of friends. So tell our listeners why we decided to call this The Ladies Room. It's a place where you get yourself together, laugh, cry, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, we definitely know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal women doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. We're on air in the ladies' room. All right, welcome to the ladies' room. I am so excited. Iris is excited. We have Lee D'Angelo. I feel like I should say the Lee D'Angelo. Should I say that? Ooh, I like that. Yes, right? So we have known Lee probably for about, ooh, it's been eight or nine years, right? Yeah, that's uh, 2011, right? Yeah, about 2011. Uh, we, she was in Syracuse. She was a reporter there. We'll get into that later in the conversation. But you have this phenomenal, I think, wildly successful business that you launched. And the reason that I'm so proud of you is because, I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago, you texted me and you were asking me, do you know any people in Austin? We're trying to do some market research. Do you remember that? I don't, I don't think so. No, I'm excited to hear where this goes. Yeah, yeah. so you, you were asking me if I knew people there who had dogs, and I'm like, hmm, I was trying to piece together everything, and now to see years later what this has blossomed into is absolutely phenomenal. I'm just so proud of you, and I wish I could hug you, but COVID, so <laughs> I know, I know, right? Yeah, so let's just delve right into it. What is DIG? How did this idea come about? Oh, well, DIG is all about love. That's how it all starts. But DIG is the dog person's dating app. It's the best way for dog lovers and dog owners to find a compatible match and plan a dog-friendly date. And it all started a few years ago when my sister was dating a guy who tried to be a dog person for her. But by the end of the relationship, he didn't want the dog in his apartment or he'd put towels or blankets down on the couch so her dog didn't touch anything. And, and she said to me, I wish I just knew from the start that this wasn't going to work because of my dog. And when we were looking at relationships, you know, what really fell apart there? We realized that dog means so much more than just the animal in your house to a dog yeah. person. It's how clean you keep your house. It's how you spend your money, how you spend your time, how often you travel. And on a more emotional level, it shows your capacity to love. That's mm -hmm. huge in today's dating scene, right? And so we think that, you know, everyone should be looking for a dog person, whether or not you want a dog or not, because they show responsibility, caring, you know, all of these aspects that you're looking for in a life partner. And so we knew uh, uh, that together, my sister and I would be able to launch an awesome company with her experience, um, my ability to get the word out, uh, and bringing on a, a tech team local to the, the South where I live in New Orleans. Um, and we were able to go from there. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I'm off the market, but I am the dog mother. I love, I have two rescue dogs. Um, and everything you said just about being a dog person, I completely co-sign. And so I love this app and we'll be telling all my single friends and dog mothers about it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And Jenny, I mean, you are not always super dog person. I but you wasn't. understand. Right? Yeah. 
<laughs> and Iris will attest to this because so Lee had a dog. His name was Obi. And you wanted us to dog sit one day. Well, <coughs> wanted me to dog sit. And I was deathly afraid, like deathly afraid right. of dogs. And Obi was just the sweetest little dog. And it just, it like worked out. I was like, oh, maybe I should get one. So yes, we converted her. That's <laughs> yeah. so great. Jen loves dogs. Like Brady, I call her Brady's dog mother, as <laughs> aka godmother. But um, she's a fan of Brady. I don't know if she's a fan of everybody's dog, but <laughs> most I am. I am of most definitely. So, can someone like me get this app? Who is this really targeted to? So it's for both dog lovers and dog owners. And it's really all about compatibility. We didn't want to just have it be dog owners because um, there's a lot of reasons you might not have a dog right now. I mean, honestly, date someone with a dog is our best ad right now. I mean, it's just like a huge bonus for people who don't have a dog and want to date someone with a dog. Um, but it's, it's truly all about compatibility. And we think about that from the dog's point of view and from the human's point of view. You know, you can search by dog size. Uh, we don't let you be a breedist. We don't let you search by breed, but we want you to think about different sizes. You know, my dog would chase small dogs around, around until they collapse. And so I had to find someone who either didn't have one yet or had another big dog, right? Um, and then also, you know, you might live in an area where you don't have dog-friendly housing. Um, in certain areas of the country, that's much more prevalent. In areas like Boston, it's much harder to come by. So a lot of our 30 and younger people on the app don't have a dog looking to date someone with a dog. Um, in areas like LA or Austin, um, you know, dog friendliness is like just normal. That's yes. what life is. And so, you know, it's been amazing to kind of understand dog friendliness city by city as we've been on the ground getting the word out with um, building up partnerships and uh, having these big events that are dog friendly. Might overwhelm you, Jenny, but... <laughs> They're really, really fun. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it's for everyone. We've got people of all ages. What's really fun is that a lot of dating apps are, are skewed much younger. They're college age. Uh, this is, you know, around the time you're thinking about your first dog. So it's really late 20s, early 30s is our, our biggest group. Um, but our first engaged couple was a 70-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman. It was his second marriage, her first marriage. Uh, wow. And so it really runs the gamut. We've got a lot of widowers. We've got a lot of empty nesters. Mm -hmm. um, and so dog people are, are all people and they are all welcome on dig. That's amazing. When you think about just the idea that you had to come up with dig and to see how successful it's been and you're setting people up for, you know, a lifetime of love and forever homes, you know, how does it make you feel or what do you just think about like when you, when you first wrote that idea down? Oh yeah. I mean, my job is dogs and love. That is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. We get happy stories every day. You know, um, it, it added a, a pressure that I, I didn't consider from the beginning because a poorly done dating app does more harm than you realize. You know, when someone gets on there and their, their hopes are up and you're putting yourself out there, uh, and you're, you're trying to reflect the best of yourself and the best of your dog if you have one, and you're not getting responses or the app's not working like it should, it's actually harmful. 
you know, you, you, you want people to get on there and have this incredible feeling and meet people. Maybe you're not going to meet your life partner on the, you know, first try, but you're meeting the community, you know, on dig, uh, you actually can meet uh, people besides the ones that you're looking for love. You can find dog communities, you find dog businesses near you. So we're trying to build up this incredible, um, community and, and different types of relationships. And so very early on, we realized we got to get this right or we got to take it down and figure out how to do it right. There can't be an in-between. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And you talked about just the events that you all have had. Now, obviously, we're in COVID. How have you really pivoted and really, you know, kept that energy going, even though we're in a pandemic? Yeah, that's been real hard. Uh, we're in two industries right now, right? We're in the dating world and we're in the, the dog world, I should say, pet world because we'll talk about what else we've done during the pandemic. But uh, yeah, our events came to a screeching halt. Um, it's all about safety for us and, and compatibility. But remarkably, you're seeing some shelters across the country empty for the first time in their existence because yeah. people have gone to foster and adopt at such high rates. And that is so unbelievable. But it it's so in line with how we understand dog people to be. Again, if you didn't have a dog because of you going to work all the time or where you lived, but taking this opportunity to rescue a dog, to be with the dog, but also knowing that they're helping you just as much with the comfort um, and, and being by your side during this crazy time. Single people who are trying to date, and especially at the beginning with so much unknown, so much uncertainty, being able to turn to an animal for companionship, keeping them at home and safe away from other people, just being with your, with your pet, that was such an unbelievable turn of events. So we really focused our messaging on that, that there is no safe community uh, without a healthy community. Um, and so, you know, making sure people were not going out, not going to those events. But it gave us an incredible opportunity. We've completely rewritten the app. So like I said, uh, before I hinted at, we've got uh, a section of the app coming out called the dog park. So you're going to be able to go do the digital dog park and meet other people on the app. Who, so maybe you can meet friends or other businesses or talk about events or your favorite dog friendly places and post more photos. And so it's kind of recreating that, that dog park experience that people aren't having right now during COVID. Um, and so been able to really focus on what people want while they are at home while still encouraging you to create those relationships. Wow. Where does all this come from? Oh my goodness, amazing. Wow. <laughs> and I don't want to leave out our cat people because yeah. a month ago we launched Tabby, the cat person's dating app. And so we were actually able to do all of that because we weren't throwing our events. You know, so we took that energy, we took that time and we put it towards, I promise you, every day we got emails from the cat people you're leaving us out and where are they and and if anything cat people have needed it long before covid because you can't bring cats with yeah. you in True. in places that you can bring dogs so they've needed their own space for a long time on top of that guys do horribly on general dating apps when they have a cat in their photo there was a, a study that came out this summer. You, I promise you, go Google it. It's the most sad thing you've ever read. But uh, Colorado State University came out with a study this summer that said um, cat guys do extraordinarily poorly on general dating apps because women look at them as less masculine. Um, you know, they, they skip right over them. 
And cat guys came to us and said, this is absolutely true. You know, it's dog people don't want to be around cat people or pet people don't want to be around cat people at all in general. And so they're, they're, and they're looked at as less masculine. Uh, and so they've really felt they've needed their own space. And so, um, Interestingly, my sister and I have been very proud, you know, a women and sister owned business yeah. of, of Dig, but we brought on two cat dudes to help us run the cat person's dating app for that reason, because they've had such a hard time getting the word out that it, it's cool to have compassion. That's yeah. what one of them says all the time, you know, and that uh, rescuing cats and being in the cat world does not mean you're less masculine. It means you're responsible and compassionate and again, have that capacity to love. And so we really brought them on as our team members from the very beginning to make sure that we could get that word out too. Look at you. I know. Yeah. Doing it. <laughs> Yes, the ultimate ball lady. Yeah. And on that vein, you Global Dating Insights, you got special recognition from them. They listed you as one of the top 24 most influ influential people in dating, and we can understand why now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's been an explosion in niche dating over the past mm -hmm. few years, and people have really been trying to figure it out. You know, you see a lot of um, Christian dating sites or Jewish dating sites or, you know, uh, dating for people who love yoga or dating, you know, there's one out there that's just guys who have beards and women who want to date a guy with a beard. I mean, oh people are goodness. trying everything, right? The reason the dating industry is like what we've done so much is that we've just from the beginning wanted to embed ourselves in the pet community. You know, we're not trying to impose, we're not trying to figure out pet people as we go. We are them from the core and we want to be that hub of pet influence in each city we're going to because it's all about love. And so we know other businesses want to be involved with us, want to work with us because we're not trying to sell you more cat litter. We're not trying to, you know, create a new dog treat. We're trying to bring pet people together in a really unique way that is also about pet care. It benefits the dog when you've got two people at home who care so much and are willing to spend the money and the time walking them and bringing them to the vet, you know, just like two parents making sure that their kids are vaccinated. You're, you've got the same idea for your, for your dogs. And so making sure that's how we, we entered this market from the very beginning uh, and then continue to embed ourselves in that um, from that on out. And the, the process we've done that in, creating partnerships on the ground at our events, literally on the ground, my sister and I going city by city, you know, we would call it arm day once a month, we would be physically moving all the tables and everything together, wow. do it, running the events ourselves, you know, doing the local press to get the word out about the event, everything we could. Um, and so that's why Global Dating Insights um, said that what we were doing seems to be pretty interesting. <laughs> and, uh, we'll see where it, how it affects the niche world from here on out. Definitely. And before we pivot into your career pre-dig, uh, I do want to ask you about just the challenges of being a young entrepreneur, a woman, um, and you really, you know, research these cities that you all launched the, the app in, and you did a lot of research. You, like you said, it was boots on the ground. I mean, you, you all put a lot of work into this, and I think that the success shows now, but behind the success, there's also a, a story and a story of just probably hardships and challenges. What were some of those for y'all? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it. I'm sure everyone's told you similar stories before, but we did try to raise money. Um, and we went out and, you know, it's hard for women anyway to raise money, but try to walk into a room full of male investors and start talking about a dating app. 
Like you're just, it's going off the rails immediately. <laughs> and then throw in the fact that some of them don't like dogs and you're just like, I don't even, we can't, I, I have to walk out. Right. Like we've had, we ran into some, some bad eggs out there, um, in that world for sure. Uh, but you know, working with my sister was the, is the coolest thing I could ever do. Um, I think she's the most talented uh, designer uh, and person, hardest worker out there. We understand each other on an extraordinarily different level than a lot of co-founders. Um, you know, we're willing to put in a lot of work and we can see the other ones putting in the same amount of work. We understand how each other works. So, uh, you know, for me, super selfishly, I got to see my sister once a month at these events, right? She lives in, in Brooklyn. I live in New Orleans, but we were always in a different city together for a few days. So that was an incredible, you know, added benefit of kind of being on the ground. Um, in addition to getting to meet all of our users. So, you know, this, the on the ground stuff, it was extraordinarily hard. I got to say taking a little break with COVID was, mm -hmm. uh, was a needed help, I think, to move the app itself forward. But once a month, we met hundreds of people who were our users, who were on dig, telling us, you know, the people they were meeting and they, what they wanted to see and how much they appreciated us. And it was just this incredible emotional boost every month, right at that peak when you thought, I don't know if I can do another event like this. I don't know where we're going. We're not making money yet. What are we going to do? And so, you know, just making sure you have that line of communication to the people who are benefiting from your product. It's... I can't overstate how much of a help that was. Amazing, amazing. So Iris will get into how, well you, Iris, actually knew Lee before I did because you were in Syracuse. Yes, and we have the Boston connection. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Jennifer always knows I always yes. find a way to talk about Boston. So there we go. So what was that like to kind of, I guess, at what point did you decide, you know, I want to change careers and do something totally different no oh, man i don't even know <laughs> it's just <laughs> i feel like it happened to me uh you know it was that my sister's story um you know my background's in tv news reporting i was a reporter i got my master's in homeland security and emergency response management um i was teaching over at tulane university um and then i i transitioned from the news to the nonprofit world, uh, where I ran the Coastal Conservation Association um, for basically Save the Fish around Louisiana. Uh, and a lot of that was communications. That's where I, I built up a lot of my experience on um, big, quick, inexpensive events for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, as I was doing each one of these things, you know, I was able to take inventory and say, what am I good at here? What do I like of these jobs? I don't think any one of these have really, you know, hit home for me yet. Um, and as soon as my sister, you know, brought this problem to me and, and we were talking about it, we realized, well, she's just got this incredible design talent. I know that I can get the word out. So we said, okay, she can make things look good. I can make things sound good. Mm. If we get someone to make it work, <laughs> we've got like the, you know, the holy triangle, right? So uh, it, that's what we focused on. And we just realized that, you know, when is there a better time than, you know, when you're recognizing this and we, you know, we didn't have families yet. We knew that we were able to travel if we wanted to do it that way. We were able to take that risk together. Um, and so it's, 
unfortunately it just kind of happened, I guess is the best answer. Yeah. And it happened well. And do you feel like most of your day, most of your time is solely focused on dig or, I mean, I know you're teaching, you now are newly married, so you're balancing and juggling a lot. How are you doing all of that? I'd say about 200% of my day is Dig and Tabby. And then the, the remainder, you know, while I'm sleeping, some other things get a little bit of attention. No, I, I, um, we have been 100% on, on Dig and Tabby uh, and everything else is um, getting as much of attention as it can. Yes. Uh, newly married, I have a very understanding husband who during COVID works upstairs in the house while I work downstairs in the house. <laughs> we do get to see each other. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's a lot of time. But again, we're talking about dogs and love here. Like you don't really have to twist my arm. Like we, we, this is very enjoyable. <laughs> and we can tell, we can definitely tell that you're, you're loving it for sure. I guess in this time, where are you finding the most joy, I guess, outside of work? Or what are you doing to kind of, you know, find time for Lee? Oh, that's such a good question. And I ask other people all the time. Um, but I, you know, I bring it back to my dog first in terms of like small wins. Um, I do long dog walks with my dog every day, multiple times. First of all, I have to, or she goes nuts. So that's like a nice little push uh, to be able to do that. But really getting outside, you know, we're down here in Louisiana, the weather is finally getting nice again um, and, and taking that opportunity. Um, like you said, uh, newly married. Um, and so we just supposed to close on a house on Thursday. Ooh, <laughs> the hurricane doesn't hit. <laughs> so, fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, but just making sure that we're moving forward the rest, with the rest of our life goals. I mean, of course, we've always loved traveling um, and it's just not an opportunity right now. So finding what we can do around here um, and spending those different type of experiences with weekend, even, you know, this type of virtual meeting with people uh, instead of traveling. Uh, this is not a commercial for Airbnb, but I recently came across uh, Airbnb online experiences. Have you guys heard of these? No, okay. I, I heard like a little something, but I didn't know what it was though. Oh, first of all, they're hilarious, but you uh -huh. can sign up for like a, a in-person class or tutorial or something from someone anywhere in the world. And so recently with a group of friends, we did a K-pop dance class with a dance instructor <laughs> in Seoul when it was like 10 a.m. their time, 10 p.m. our time. And we were all like dancing around together. And so it's a little bit of traveling, seeing people as much as we can, even while yeah. COVID numbers are up. So I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, apt to take whatever tech option there is out there. I love trying new things like that, but you know, that's what I'm trying to do with my small wins. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then talk to me about, you texted me, I want to say probably a week ago. And the first thing I saw was NASA. I'm like, what? So Surprise. talk to me about this amazing opportunity, what you can tell. I know there's probably some things you can't go into, but just tell us what you can. Sure. Yeah. As most entrepreneurs know that uh, you're probably not uh, covering your mortgage with your, your, um, your paycheck. And so we've been fortunate. We've been able to make money through digging tabby um, throughout the years, but we've always maintained the opportunity to do some freelance work or some contracting work. And 
um, when NASA calls, you don't normally turn it down. So uh, <laughs> New Orleans is the home of Michoud Assembly Facility, where they're building the world's largest rocket, the rocket that's going to the moon with the first woman and next man in 2024, uh, heading to Mars after that. And it is so cool and it's something people in New Orleans don't really know because it's actually wow. in the, kind of on the outskirts in, in New Orleans East. Um, and so they said, look, we, we need some help trying to figure out how to get the New Orleans community excited again now that the space program is back, you know, ramping up and all these cool things are about to happen and people don't even know it. Uh, and so I started working with them on just some employee communication strategies, um, getting the word out to uh, New Orleans local news, some press. I mean, y'all know from the news, how, you can't get cooler video than yeah. people like in, first of all, any manufacturing video, I always think is the, the most beautiful and amazing and people working and, and, and colors and all that sort of thing. But you're talking about a rocket on yeah. top of that. And like people so dedicated and, and passionate and some of the smartest people in the world. And it is such a cool story. Every place you turn from, you know, the people physically, you know, welding to the people getting the word out to the photographers. I mean, it, the, the, the place is incredible. So um, I started with that and then COVID hit. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we were still getting the word out. Uh, the rocket's still being built, but they asked me to then transition to help with some employee communications on the, the COVID side. Um, you know, how do we figure out this world, uh, which all of us had to figure out together. Um, and through those two things, now they've asked me to anchor NASA TV uh, for the big rocket test uh, coming up in November when they're going to fire the four engines that are uh, going on the SLS rocket uh, that's supposed to launch next summer. Um, and so that'll be coming up. So it's just, again, I get to talk about dogs and love in my main job and now I'll add rockets, right? Like none of this is actually work. <laughs> it's all just really, really fun and just uh, taking advantage of, you know, where I am and, and the opportunities that come. That is major, Lee. It is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and you say it with really such awesome. like ease, like, oh yeah, this is something I'm, I'm doing. And, <laughs> and you haven't really publicized it or anything. So when you texted me, I just said, oh, this is huge. That's amazing, Lee. Congratulations. This is our, our sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really fun and really cool. I don't want to, yeah, I didn't mean to downplay that part at all. Like, I am so, so lucky that they're uh, trusting me to be able to get to share that story. Um, but that's also how I see it, you know, the opportunity to, to share the story of people at NASA and the incredible work they're doing here in New Orleans and in Mississippi at Stone Space Center. Um, and then also get to talk about dogs in love and now cats in love. You know, as soon as I start, like, fishtailing off and talking about stuff I don't want to talk about, that's when it's going to start feeling like work. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> what advice would you tell a younger Lee? Oh. <laughs> you don't have to straighten your hair. Don't listen to the producers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're wrong. <laughs> I wish I was joking, but I mean, when I like, when I think back about you know, how micromanaged we were and, you know, how you always felt, and I don't mean to put it on you when I say you, I'll, I'll turn it around and say, I always felt like there was more of a story I could tell, that there were better stories out there that would make a bigger difference, but that I was being held back by tiny things like it took me an hour and all your listeners can't see this, but like this hair, I mean, it doesn't go straight. 
it just doesn't. And they would require it and force it on me. And it, and it, there's, I think I'm thinking of this one detail as kind of an example of all the issues I had with the business and putting it all on that. But it was so personal and it took so much time and it took so much energy out of loving that job, a job I think I really would have loved given a, you know, a different opportunity. Um, that the best advice I'd give is if you, it feels like you can pinpoint something like that, it might be more changeable than you think. Make sure you're reaching out to people who have gone through this. There's no way I could have been the first one to do it, but I really wanted to be proving myself. I really wanted to um, you know, not cause problems and, and just get the job done. Uh, but the best way that I've you know, advanced in my career is by being the one that causes problems, right? Mm -hmm. Every step I've taken has been because someone else has done it before me or I've, I've gotten advice from someone um, who's done it in a different way or a similar way in that they could, they could lead me through figuring out, okay, is this an internal issue that I just have to overcome or is this external and you need to change your environment? And um, that's very long-winded, but the main thing is taking stock of what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at. What are you willing to change? What are you not willing to change? And if you can do that regularly, whenever you feel stuck, I think you're going to find that it's going to be much easier and more enjoyable of a journey to wherever you're going to end up going. Absolutely. That spoke to my soul. And me and Iris were actually having that conversation not too long ago, just about, you know, really seeing where you're at and measuring your happiness, your success, and kind of laying out plans for the future and everything. So that's, oh yeah, great advice. Spoke to my soul. Okay, where can we find you? Where can people find Dig and just all the projects and everything you're working on? Oh man, where, I don't even know where I am. I don't know if you can find me, but uh, okay. So Dig is at Dig Dates. You can find us on all um, social channels there or digdates.com. Tabby is very similar, Tabby Dates um, on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, and tabbydates.com. Tabby, you can actually log in and use the desktop version too. You don't have to download the app. Um, you'll be able to do that for Dig as well. Uh, and you can go to the App Store and Google Play. If you download right now, then you're going to be able to get the free version for a long, long time because we're about to introduce the paid versions. But if you have a current version, then you'll be automatically upgraded for free. So a little, you know, or you can reach out to um, the Ladies Room podcast and maybe I'll send over a discount for y'all. <laughs> 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 of course, definitely. Um, and then uh, me, uh, Lee D'Angelo on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we will definitely be following your journey closely. Like I said, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so glad we got to see each other and hug each other before this pandemic, you know? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy and I'm glad. I'm glad I got to meet your fiance, or well, now your husband and everything. So we're proud of you. Best wishes. And thank you for joining us in the ladies room. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. This is great. I love what you do. And uh, thanks for sharing all these stories. It's really fun. All right, Lee D'Angelo. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle OnAirTLR. And of course, if there's a lady you want us to interview, let us know. We'll chat again soon in The, the Ladies, Ladies Room. Room.